You know you're everybody's favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, we got these cameras on. We got these mics on. Let's do it. Uh, you're listening to WBH Radio. My name is William Holly. When I do these podcasts, I try to be professional, unbiased, like journalist guy. But we throwing all that out the window today. When it comes to our next guest, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan. I think he is the best basketball player in New York City right now. I think he is the best basketball player out of New York City in the last decade. As a youngster, he's out there on the pro circuit, tearing dudes up in the summer. Uh, we go back to his high school days. He was a captain and led the South Shore Vikings to their very first city championship in 2018. He has already completed three years of college basketball. That's one for the record books, national honors, conference honors. And this fall, as a graduate transfer, he will be playing Division I basketball for the Towson Tigers. Everybody's favorite, Sekou Silla. Sekou, welcome, sir. Thanks for having me, man. How you feeling? Feeling good. As you can tell, I'm excited to have you. This is uh, really one of the city's favorites. I say you're the best out of the city. You, you cool with that or I'm doing too much? No, I'm cool with that. <laughs> <laughs> say cool. You just finished the college basketball season for Nova Southeastern down in Florida. What city is that? Fort Lauderdale. Fort Lauderdale. And you accomplished a lot of great things. But there was something that came across the wire, across the social media that stopped me in my tracks. You were named D2CCA National. Ladies and gentlemen, I repeat, National Player of the Year. After you, there was none. Like that, the top player in the country, my brother. Yes, First sir. off, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Tell me where you were when you learned that you had indeed won that award. Um, we were in a hotel in the hotel lobby the day before our Elite Eight game. And our media guy came up to me and whispered in my ear and like showed me the email because they sent it to him before they release it. Right. Then he showed it to me. I was like, bro, I got so excited. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy, man. How'd it feel? Oh, it felt great. Like I kind of was getting hinted at it that I was up for in the race for it. Right. But I didn't think I would actually get it, you know? But then I got it. I was like, yo, this is crazy. What'd you do? Who's the first person you call or you told? Um, I texted my chat on my friends from, from over here, Cooks oh. and Femi, and Savion. Femi Odakali, who was actually a guest in the show, Kadari Richmond, who's suiting up for Seen Hall as well. What they say? They was like, yo, we, we knew it the whole time. They just congratulated me and said they saw it the whole time coming. That is a big deal. That is a big deal. National Player of the Year. That was your first year at Nova Southeastern. Tell me the first moment you realized, yo, I might be doing something special here. Um, Around like January 3rd-ish, because we had just played back-to-back -back conference games against two ranked teams, right. the 31st. And the second, so it was, we didn't really have a New Year's. It was a quick turnaround, right. and we won both of those by a good amount. So I was like, yo. And I played great those both games, the biggest games of the year. So I'm like, it might be something. might be something. You say January. That's pretty late. The season started in September, October, and you guys was already, what, 20 and 0 by that time? We were probably 10 and 0, <laughs> 10 and 0. And that's like right when conference play started getting hectic. So that's really when you start to know if you're good or not. Right, that's you measure yourself up against the best. You said there was two ranked teams. Yeah, they were both what, top fifteen. What kind of games did you put together? Give me some numbers. Um, the first one, 
season high, I had 35 and 8. Mm-hmm. And then right after that, I had 28 and 10. Mm-hmm. That's amazing, bro. That's amazing. You accomplished a lot of things, man. Let me see what I got here in this list. One year at Nova Southeastern, we already mentioned D2 Conference Commissioners Association National Player of the Year. You finished as an NABC All-American. You were the Sunshine State Conference Player of the Year, Sunshine State Conference Newcomer of the Year. The first time somebody's won both of those awards in one year. You averaged 22 points per game, 10 rebounds on 57% shooting, and you led the school to its first ever conference tournament championship. Grand opening, grand closing. I was paying attention to the schedule. You guys had an exhibition mm-hmm. against a Division One program. The Miami Hurricanes, who play in the Atlantic Coast Conference, big time college basketball, playing against Duke, playing against Syracuse. Uh, tell me about the conversations and the preparations for for that contest. Um, whole time we were just thinking we good enough to beat them. That's how we went into the game, and it showed. I think we we could have beat them. They played good. We won, we probably lost by like what eight or eleven. Mm-hmm. We didn't have our big. And we're down like four, like two and a half minutes left. I got fouled out. Point guard got fouled out. Then we end up losing. But I felt good about that game. What was your numbers that game? 26, 14, and five assists. Against one of the top programs in in Division I basketball. What does that do for your confidence? Like, what was your approach? Like, how how big was that game for you? Um, It was huge because... That was my first season at Nova, but that was my second year there. The first year I was there, it was cold, so we didn't have a single game. So I had a whole year off just practicing. So I'm like, do I still got it? Yeah. And then we opened up with Miami. They went to the lead eight. I'm like, let's see. And then it was up from there. It was up from there. So I was watching. I'm like, yo, let's see how our boy do against the Division One squad. You know, because it's coming out of high school. Everybody wants to be D1, D1. Those opportunities don't always – come right away, but here's a chance to suit up against them. And when I saw how you played against them, I said, oh, man, it's it's up from there. Yeah, It's up from there. And you guys went on a magical run at Nova Southeastern, as I mentioned. Conference championship. You were 31-0. Crazy. Tell me about the most fun part of that ride. The most fun part about it was how we felt after every win. Whether we knew we were going to win or not, it was just as exciting from mm-hmm. the first win to the 31st. It was like, like we went into games knowing we were going to win, right. but like we were still just as excited. It was, no matter how much we won by, it was like, yo, it's our first win of the season. It was That was what was fun about it. You know, Usually when you're hot, you're like, all right, we won again or whatever, right. but it wasn't that at all. We were always excited, always hungry for more. This was your first year. You would think maybe there's some grace period to try to ingratiate you into the program, but it seemed like you guys gelled from the beginning. I, how were you able to fit in so quickly? Um, actually, I wouldn't say I fit in so quickly, because but the COVID years were really helped because we had a whole year just practicing with each other, getting to know each other, you know, and that really helped us for the next year. So the chemistry was all there. Everybody came back. We didn't lose anybody from that COVID year. So. We just gelled right away. Just gelled right away. And you went into the NCAA tournament, the D2 NCAA tournament as a number one seed. Mm-hmm. You guys made it all the way to the Elite Eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, you kind of got upset by eighth-seeded, what is it, Black Hill State. Oh. Tell me about that game. <laughs> that game, it was a bad one for us. 
-hmm. We picked the worst day to play our worst basketball. Yeah. You know, Black Hills, they came to play, though. We were targeted, and they, they did what they had to do. But we shot probably, I think, 25 for 78. Mm -hmm. That's that's crazy. We we average, we probably shoot 45, 50% all year. Sure. We shot like 25 that game. So that was that was the first part. And it was just nothing, nothing was hitting. Yeah. yeah. It was a tough game. How about, how about for you? How did you think you did? Because I'm going to tell you, I was looking at the box score. I was trying to see, like, does anything stand out? And I saw it was one of your lower rebounding games mm -hmm. of the season. And I know when you rolling is when you doing 30 and 20, 22 and 16. How'd you do out there? Um, I don't think I did well at all. Mm -hmm. Probably had like 17, 6. Yeah. Low rebounding game, but I probably missed 10 shots. Mm -hmm. I think I was like 7 for 16 maybe. Yeah. So not efficient at all. And that's how it was across the board. Nobody really shot the ball well. So that's really why we lost. I don't think it was anything else. All right. I know that's a, a a different disappointing place to be. Like, what was the locker room like after that? That uh, tears. tears. I, I was crying before we even left the court. <laughs> it was uh, end to a magical run. I was so sad. Yeah, disappointed. You on your way to the national championship? Ah, uh, uh, that's tough. That's tough. But since then, that was back in March. Here we are in August. Do you have time to reflect and say, damn, I, I really did something spectacular? Um, Still to this day, it's hard to fathom because yeah. 31 games in a row is crazy. People don't even do that in a pickup game. Like, yeah. That's that's crazy. So uh, I'm still processing it, even though it's been a, a minute ago. But sometimes I just think back on it like, yo, this this was actually crazy. Mm -hmm. It was crazy. With with a, a run like that, 31 and 0, it's easy to become complacent. Mm -hmm. Like, how much of a challenge was it to 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 keep that edge and to fight against that? Um, we had a good leader, Nick Smith, our point guard, and he always like literally every day he says, speaking of Kobe, he says, "Job's not finished." Every <laughs> single day he says that. Whether it's twenty-one and zero, he just kept saying, "Job's not finished. Job's not finished." This it wasn't the goal. It was the national championship was the goal. So we were never complacent. There was a lot of firsts for that school, Nova Southeastern. Like, what was the energy like on campus? That was the first time they won a conference championship. And Nova Southeastern is a is a good program mm -hmm. that I've heard about for many years. So I was surprised that was their actual co first conference championship, man. Yeah. What was that energy like on campus? Oh, we we were, everyone loved us. Mm -hmm. It was crazy. The games were getting more packed by the day. Everyone stopped to talk to us all the time. Social media was buzzing. It was a good couple months. Got you. Got you. What what do you think is the biggest misconception about Division Two athletics and Division Two athletes? That is anything lower than Division One, because mm -hmm. it's not like it's not at all. The only thing probably you do is get taller, more athletic. But in terms of being able to hoop, skill, it's the same. Yeah, I'm a I'm a firm believer in that. I'm a <laughs> I'm the biggest D two advocate. Even yeah. though I'm D one now, I genuinely believe my Nova Southeastern team could win. 85% of mid-major conferences. And you transferred to Nova Southeastern after two college years at St. Rose in Albany. Yeah. How did you know it was... T and you you did work there, too. You had some all-rookie honors. You had some all-conference honors in your sophomore year. What were you averaging over there? 20? 22 and 12. 22 and 12. How did you know it was, it was time to move on? Um, Because we weren't winning. And, you know, as you said earlier, I want to... High school championship, so um, I was used to winning, you know. So I, I didn't, I didn't like losing, but 
love that program. That that shaped me to who I am today. That gave me the freedom to become this kind of player. But I just wanted to win, for real. Let's go back to these high school years. As I mentioned, he was a standout South Shore High School right there on Flatlands Avenue in Brooklyn. Which junior high school did you go to? Um, Teachers Prep. Okay. So coming out of junior high school, picking a high school is a big deal. What happened? What was your first choice out of high school? Um, I wasn't even a big hooper, for real. I was just playing in gym and stuff. Yeah. So my mom sent me to UFT Charter School mm-hmm. in Gersh, and then I went there, played on the – it was only a varsity team, but I forgot what league it was. It wasn't PSL. Went there, did all right, I guess, and then went to South Shore one day in the, that summer after, practiced with Coach Baker, my guy, and then he was like, yo, what are you doing? Come here. <laughs> and then rest is history. So you played one year in the Charter League. Mm-hmm. And then you connected with Coach. Would you? Would you uh, connect with Coach Baker? Um, one of my boys, he he was going to South. Shore. He knew Baker from Wingate, so he just brought me along to. And he was about to transfer to South Shore to play JV with Baker. And he brought me to a workout in the summer. It was just us two. And then that was my first time ever meeting him. First time even going to South Shore. We were just in the back gym doing drills with Baker. And I guess I had a good day. That was it. So you went over there to play at uh, South Shore mm-hmm. with uh, Coach Baker. Shout out to Coach Baker, friend of the show, my guy. And you would end up playing JV mm-hmm. for him. Were you disappointed going from playing varsity and now you're going back to the JV squad? No, not really. And, like No disrespect, but anything was an upgrade from that. Yeah. So uh, it was it was good. You just wanted to hoop? Yeah, pretty much. What were your first impressions of, of Coach Baker? Um, because he was pretty young back then. He definitely was. <laughs> he wasn't too far removed from y'all age. He definitely was. I, I liked him off rip because mm-hmm. he he actually like believed in me early, early before I even knew I was could be anything. He believed in me early, so mm-hmm. that's my guy. He he played a big role in me getting here. Who was on that JV squad? Um, me, Femi, Femi with Cali. Um, who was on that team? Jarrell. Anthony Kelly. Chris Pierre. Chris was definitely on that team. That was our PG. Eli Punnett. Eli. <laughs> oh, yeah. Eli was on that team. Tell me about that year. Because you say, like, yo, he believed in you. Was there a time when you didn't really believe in your own abilities? Like, because your development over the years has been crazy. You said coming out of junior high, you wasn't even crazy hooper like that. You mm. was just looking to hoop. Like, talk to me about that. That 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 JV season for you at South Shore. Um, that JV season showed me that I could actually hoop at a higher level rather than just being good in pickup or in street ball stuff like that. Because I didn't even, I couldn't see a future. Like I, I never considered much outside of just being good in gym class. Mm-hmm. You know, that merely showed me, oh, I could. I could do something. Was it an adjustment going from just a gym ball player or a Charlie League ball player to now the PSAL JV? Yeah, it was. It's way different, way more competitive, you know, way more serious too. People take it way more serious. What was the hardest part of that transition or a part when you was sitting down like, dang, I don't know if I could do this? Um, I don't think there's ever a time that I said, I don't know if I could do this. It was just, I was just doing it with like no end goal in sight. And mm-hmm. Baker made me see that there could be something. Mm-hmm. What's it, tell us about Coach Baker, man. What, what's it like playing for him? Um, 
What's it like playing for him? He's a real genuine guy. I, mm-hmm. I love I love Coach Vega. I still talk to him to this day. Um, he pushes you. No, no, can't put your hands on your knees, can't slack in practice at mm-hmm. all. That definitely shaped me to be ready for varsity because mm-hmm. he treated it like we were varsity. We had all types of sets and plays. It was not it wasn't JV basketball to him. He mm-hmm. took it very seriously, as he should, you know. Yeah. And I think I, I forgot what we did that year. We might have I think we lost to Curtis in like the Elite Eight or something, but we we did well that year. Mm-hmm. What do you think is the biggest lesson you learned from Coach Big? Um just work hard, mm-hmm. you know. It sounds cliche, but you know, he the first person to actually like tell me and show me that working hard does work, you know. Cause I didn't know it pretty much, you know. I was just just going through the motions before that and then couldn't go through the motions with him. So hard work is a skill. Yeah. Hard work is a skill. And that was a great J V team. You were there, Femi Odakale, who's now Seton Hall. I remember I used to pull up to a few of those games and, and see you got you couldn't miss Sekou because he had these big old goggles on, man. That was his signature. Thanks. He done glowed up now. He don't wear those anymore. <laughs> yeah, I retired. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, there was a, 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 a something in your Twitter account going back to Nova Southeastern. You guys had a big win. And it's, it's footage of you guys in the locker room afterwards celebrating. And they holding up pictures of you <laughs> as a little boy. Skinny, scrawny, <laughs> with goggles on, and they say this kid just scored twenty points and ten rebounds, son. Where they get that picture from? No clue, no clue. They, they, I guess they googled it and found it. It was like thirty to move it. They was just holding it up. It was, it was funny. I, I, I got distracted. Not gonna lie, I kept looking at them, laughing. It was funny. They was like, "Yo, can you believe this kid scored twenty points and ten rebounds, man? I really enjoyed watching you guys." Uh, have fun with that picture because that was the signature. We could see Sekou coming, scrawny kid, long arms, and he had those goggles on. It's time to transfer to varsity now, South Shore. Mm-hmm. How was the transition? I saw somewhere on social media, it was like, yo, remember when you weren't a part of the plan and yeah, now, you you, now you are the plan? Baker, that's Baker. Baker said that on this show, talking yeah. to you, that, 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 everybody says it. That's really what it was. How did the varsity like embrace you? Were you a big part of what they were trying to do? Um, leaving JV, going up to varsity first. Coach Smoke wasn't the coach yet. It was mm-hmm. Coach Coach Beckles, and like I didn't really have a relationship with him, so I was trying to find out if I was even gonna play. If I was, you know, if I needed to be there, if I needed to look at other schools. So I didn't know for real. So I just worked all summer, and and then Smoke ended up being a coach who I did know and had a relationship with. And then I just had to work my way up from there. We had summer tournaments, Conrad McCray, Dean Street. Had a pretty good summer and then played a good role my junior year. I don't know much about Coach Smoke. I've, I've never met him. You know, we were on a group chat one time and then him and I ended up communicating via text. But I, I never met him, man. What's, that, was, that was an important part, pivotal part for South Shore basketball. Coach Smoke transitioned into the head job. Mm-hmm. What's it like playing for Coach Smoke? Oh, it's amazing. He he knows exactly what he's talking about. You know, he prepares you. For, he prepared me for college, and I know my parents can say the same. Because mm-hmm. a lot of things he would yell at us about were like the basic things in college, such so, like learn how to go hard, learn how to not walk to the end of the lines after drills, all types of stuff. He really prepared me for school, and he, he's a great coach. That junior year, how did it end? Um, we lost to Wings 
in the Elite Eight, I believe. Mm-hmm. Let's throw some wings in that Elite Eight. Me and Smoke to this day, we, we talk about why we lost, and I think it's because he took me out. <laughs> but we should have won that. But that was that that year propelled us to win the year after that. Who was on that squad? Femi? Was he on that squad? Yeah, Femi. That was Kadari's first year. Jalen Blaze. Um, Isaiah Richards. Mm-hmm. Neo Pop. Oh yeah, we had we had a team. So Kadari Richmond, he wasn't on JV with you guys. He had transferred in from another school. Yeah, from Middlewood. So now you guys, you lost to Wings. Mm-hmm. What happened after that? What's the conversation like between you and your teammates and and your coaches? What are you guys talking about? Um, we we were young, so we was just like we we we'll get them next year. Especially Femi and Cooks, they were sophomores, so they like. You know, they didn't really bad eye. Like, we got two more years. We're going to get them. And then they end up winning two more. And I ended up winning one after that. Where were you at in your development at that point? Because you came out of a charter. You were just kind of happy to be there. You go play JV for Coach Baker, teach you about working hard. Then you get to your junior year. Like, where are you at in your development that, that junior year? Um, That playoff, that playoff run, I, I probably played my best basketball all year. Mm-hmm. So then now I'm getting more confident. So now my game starts showing it. I start taking more shots, and then we go into the summer, and that's that's when I blew up all types of articles, MVPs, and all these tournaments we played in with South Shore. And then it was just up from there. It was, it was a confidence thing. I didn't. I never thought there wasn't a. It was. There was. A, there was a jump in both my game from my junior senior year, but a lot of it was confidence. A lot of it was confidence, and Smoke giving me the confidence to do that. Coach Vern too. That whole summer. Like letting me go off, and that really helped me. They was letting you go off. Yeah, like they. Describe- there was no more holding me back, you know. After after Smoke had took you out that game in Wings, they learned a lesson. So. <laughs> <laughs> now that that one that wasn't really of of me. That was like he wanted um the senior to to finish his mm-hmm. senior season off. Describe your game for those who 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 may not know, like going through high school. Um. As you start to get that confidence, what's it starting to look like at the high school level? At the high school, it was looking like a lot of a lot of rebounds, a lot of offensive rebounds. Before you even get to the skill part, it was a lot of offensive rebounds. That was a quick 12 without even doing much, just mm-hmm. going after the ball. And then you add the mid-range in there, start picking your spots, you know, crashing hard. There's just doing things to find the ball when you, when you don't even have it, just going after it, loose balls, all of that stuff. And you've always had that kind of game, like, yo, dog, you ain't even got to run a play for me. I'm going to go get it off the glass. And a lot of times, young people, they need plays ran. I'm not getting enough touches. Why do you think that wasn't an issue for for you? Is it because you kind of just came from the gym and was like, yo, dog, I'm just happy to be here? Um, A lot of it was, that's just, I just had a knack for going for the ball. That was one of it. And two, I had... I had three great guards. I had Kadari, Femi, and Pop, mm-hmm. who handled the ball most of the game, you know? Yeah. So, like, they would put them up, and then I'll just go get it. So, like, it was never no – I never got mad. Shoot as much as you want. They knew I was going to go get it. So, it was never, you know? So, that, that that's really where it stemmed from. And after that, you just add all the other parts to it. and then That's one of the reasons you've always been everybody's favorite. You know, a selfless basketball player that was working hard. You could see your work ethic on the court. You know what I'm saying? Offensive rebounding is not easy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You got to have the will and the desire to go get it. And 
you displayed that back then as a high schooler and still to this day. That senior year, talk to me about it, man. Mm, that senior year, that was that was big for me. That was big for me. That um, it all it started off first in the summer. Then it started off with Hype City when we played at South Shore the Adidas tournament. I think we played Iona Prep, who had Jonathan Kaminga. We won that game. Jonathan Kaminga, that's on the Warriors right now. Yeah. Yeah, that was that. I had like twenty eight that game. That was, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I didn't, I didn't see this in my research. Yeah, he he was young though. He, he, I think he was like a sophomore. <laughs> That's wild athleticism though. I know. He, yeah, he definitely was tough. Too. So it was an early like high school tournament. Iona Prep comes to play South Shore in South Shore. Yeah, in South Shore. It was crazy in it. Yeah, we played Iona Prep and Jeff the next day. I thought there was a couple other teams in there, but that's the two games we played. That's two tough teams. Iona mm-hmm. Prep, uh, and then Thomas Jefferson, who was a a, a stalwart in this city. Mm-hmm. And you say you you think you did twenty eight versus Iona Prep and probably like thirty against Jeff. That's that's what started all off. It was a big weekend. Then names started buzzing a little bit. And then rest was up. It was up from there. It was up from there. And you guys would go on to win the city championship playing against Cardoza mm-hmm. in the Barclays Center. Um, South Shore had a history of being good at times, but they would always fall short mm-hmm. when it came to the championship. How much of a conversation was that when you guys were going into that contest against Cardoza? Um, yeah, Smoke wanted to win, Smoke wanted to win more than us. It sounds crazy, <laughs> but he 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 really wanted that, so he made sure we won that. We he coached his butt off that game. Every every game leading up to it was. Was a lot by him, a little by us. So he, he really he got us there, and, and we showed out. That's what's up. You had a uh, seventeen that day. Mm-hmm. Femi Cali was the championship game MVP. Uh, what did it feel like, man? Oh, I felt great. Everybody in the in the stands watching. It was great. It was it was, it was unexplainable feeling. For those who don't know, you know, high school basketball in New York City. You playing in the high schools. You playing in the high schools. And when it comes to the championship. Playing one of the big boy arenas, and that year was the Barclays. Mm-hmm. Who you had in there? Who, who who came out to see you? Everybody, my mom, sister, brother, mm-hmm. friends from friends from home. Everybody was there. When you're going into a big game, is there any like how would you describe your 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 approach? Are you nervous? Are you got want to get nervous? You like to get hyped, get amped, more reserved? What's it like? Yeah, pretty much reserved, especially now. Like, I don't talk at all. I don't talk to anybody. I don't jump around pregame. I don't talk to anybody for, like, the hours before the game. I'm just quiet, just getting my mind right. Stone face, don't say a word. People think I'm mad at them, but I just don't talk until it's game time. Why is that? Why Why is that your approach? Um, I'm very superstitious, and I, I know that um, every time I am excited before a game, I end up playing bad. So I don't do it. I, 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 I've tried it, but I, don't, I can't do it. Mm-hmm. So I try to just stay straight face. South Shore made history that day because not only did you guys win, the boys' basketball team, the women, the girls' team won. Mm-hmm. Uh, one member of that team was Miss Earl S. Scott, who has been a guest on this show. What's it like when you get back to school and y'all just swept the city championship? Oh, it's great. You walk through the doors, going through the scanners. They're like, oh, y'all want this. <laughs> you see them putting the banners up, all the mm-hmm. teachers saying congrats, security saying congrats, everybody. 
wishing us luck in states is this is great mm-hmm. after high school it's time to go to college mm-hmm. you know you said your name was buzzing what type of options did you have coming out of south shore here in brooklyn new york um mostly division two schools mostly d2 schools and prep was the option to go to prep route try to get division ones but i didn't want to take that route i didn't I was over high school for real. I just, I just wanted to go to college. I was over it. Yeah, prep is this weird thing in between high school and college that people do. To this day, I kind of still don't understand it. But, you know, players can go there. It doesn't count against the college eligibility. They they get to develop, play more basketball, put get their weight up. And you said that's not what you wanted to do. Yeah, not at all. I've seen too much people go down that hole and nothing great always comes out of it. So I didn't even want to take that risk. How did you feel about not having Division One offers coming out of high school? Um, I, I wasn't I wasn't stressing it. It was because it was better than I thought. You know that that I could have thought of my sophomore year. You know coming up, <laughs> so I'm like I I take it and run with it. I take it. Yeah, I take it. And that's when you went to St. Rose. You had uh, two great years, and then went to Nova Southern. We talked about your high school teammates. Kadari Richmond, Femi Odekale, you know, they started their college careers, uh, Kadari at Syracuse, Femi at Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. But right now, they're both at Seton Hall. Mm -hmm. Uh, Kadari went there after Syracuse and Femi went there after uh, Pitt. When's the first time you heard this was a possibility that they might be joining? Like, were, were you consulted? About this decision, I mean, we 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 talk we talk every day, so like it was it was always it was always in the works mm-hmm. before it was even in the works. Mm-hmm. Coming out of high school, everybody oh y'all should go to the same school. Coming out of prep, oh y'all should go to the same school. They ended up going to different schools, but you know when they both transferring, we all saying y'all go to the same school, go to the same school, wherever that may be. We right. were just saying y'all should do it, you know. A lot of people did think they should go to the same school after high school. Why do you think they didn't? Um, they weren't really the same player, you know. They, then not, they didn't do the same thing, so different schools probably needed different things. Different things, all right, all right. Do you think maybe they kind of needed a, a a break or an avenue to charter their own path? Because for so long in the city, everybody said, Femi and Cooks, Femi and Cooks, Femi and Cooks. How much do you think that played into it? Um, Not as much as people think. You know, it's just going on their own path, you know. It's not like they, you know, school is not, not taking two people to the same position. You know, you got <laughs> You know, one scholarship, one spot. So people, they went to wherever they needed to go to. What do you think about the parent? When you first saw it was done, like, what'd you think? Like, all right. I was like, yeah, they're about to be amazing. It's up from here. Yeah, one, two punch back together. And I was seeing something on your Twitter. Femi posted a picture of him in a Seton Hall uniform, and the caption read, I'm not going to mess this up. Mm -hmm. What what, what do you think? What's that mean? Um, Because when his coach, Cheyenne, got the job and, and his interview accepting the job he said i'm not gonna mess this up so Femi was quoting him (laughs) that's what's up that's what's up and new york city is excited to see them uh paired together again i'm not gonna ask you who's better but let's do a little comparison if if we coming out of a timeout and we need to run a play who's bringing the ball up probably probably cooks cooks he's more he's more the one yeah he's more the one Mm mm-hmm if we got a tough guard on the other end, who's going to guard him? Probably Femi. Probably Femi Bucks. Yeah. Who's taking the last shot? Mm, go either way. Either way. Either way. Either way. 
Man, son, that's what's up, man. Everybody can't wait to uh to to see that. Uh let's see what else I got for you. Summer basketball. We always knew you were a tough young man playing against your age group. Um against city champion at the high school level. Uh you went to St. Rose and you all conference. But the pro set is a little different. Mm-hmm. And last year, every time I turn on social media, I seen you with another dominant stat line getting busy. Talk to me about last season. First off, would would you consider that your coming out party? Last season? Yeah. No. My coming out party was my first year unlimited after my freshman year at St. Rose. Okay. Walk and me I, through that. What was going on? Um, I had 50 in Rucker Park. I broke the rim in Rucker Park. I won a pro city chip. Then I won a hoops in the sun chip. I won an LES chip. This is my first year unlimited, and I'm doing numbers and all that. How old are you at this time? Nineteen. <laughs> yeah. That that was that was more my coming out party. And then the year after that, no, we didn't play COVID. So I could say this um, last year was the follow up because yeah. people hadn't seen me in a while. I didn't play a school season while everybody else was hooping. Yeah. You know then. Just came back saying, yeah, I still do it. Hold on. 50 in the world-famous Rucker Park, and you broke the rim that day? Yeah. No, no, no. That was, I, I, I played two games that year. One game, 50. Next game, broke the rim. Walk me through that, son. Like, what, what happens when you break the rim? Like, what move did you do? Like, what happened? It wasn't even... <laughs> it was crazy. I don't know. We, we, Everybody was dunking that day. Recipes, Ryan Preston. He had a bunch of crazy dunks, so he probably loosened it up for me. <laughs> J-Will had some dunks. And then life will have some dunks. They threw me an outlet. I just paused, went up, and the whole rim just came down with me. I was like, what? <laughs> That's crazy. What did they say on the mic? It was like, oh, they, they was just going crazy. They was just going crazy. What was running through your head? I was like, I didn't just break the rim. That, that didn't just happen. And then I was like, yo, who had a camera? Who was recording that? <laughs> <laughs> That's nuts. So game over. Game over. We went home. <laughs> Son, you must have had your Wheaties that morning or something. Some. Some. 50 piece in the world famous rocket. In the second game, you broke the rim. Y'all was winning that game? Like, how much time was left? It might have been third quarter. I think we were up a lot, too. We might have been up like 25. Grand opening, grand closing. We out of here. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. We out. Uh, that's crazy, man. But last year, again, you was just all over the place. Mm-hmm. Gersh Park, 10 up dunkers. Mm-hmm. Well, it's West 4th. I think, yeah, West 4th. Oh. And, and who do you play with? You play with BK Stompers. Yeah, BK Stompers. Which is a, a local team here in the city. How did you connect with them? Um, I've been playing with Stompers since I was like a junior, Coach Ron. So I was just with him last night. Um, yeah, I've been playing with him since my first game with him was City is Mine, the Jordan, the Jordan thing. Mm-hmm. And then ever since then, I've been playing with him. Played with Sean Bell, too. Up until last year, and now just straight BK Stompers. Man, you really carved out a, a a niche for yourself in the city. How does your game play differ on the pro set versus playing in the college games? Um, in a pro set, I don't really have to. Uh, I'm like, um. Because in the pros, there's no zone defense. Mm-hmm. College, they could zone up on you. Yeah. Pros, you don't really have set plays. Like, how's the dynamic different? Um, a lot, a lot more one on one outside. You know, 
a lot more one-on-one, getting to run my own. But um, in school, I'm, I play off the ball, I get it reversed, and then I do something off it. But pro, I just get it and go. You know, same offensive rebound though, both times. So it ain't too different. It, it ain't too different. This this season, right now, this uh, summer 2022, you didn't get to play much because you went out to Towson. You're mm-hmm. getting ready for your season. But uh, you in Gersh, you play with NINW. Yep. How'd you connect with them? Um, those they they from the same hood, you know, Brownsville. I'm from Brownsville. That's pretty much that. You played with the great Eugene Lawrence. Shout out to Gina, who was uh, who was a guest here on the show. Um, you wrapped up Nova Southeastern, mm-hmm. and then you transferred to Towson. How did that come about? Um, about two or three weeks after the last game of the season. Going back and forth with my thoughts, thinking about if I should leave or stay. I ended up going to the portal. A bunch of schools reached out, a bunch of schools telling me to come. But I ended up picking Towson. You know, they were winning and felt like the right fit. Hold on. So you you could have returned to Nova Southeastern. Yeah. But you decided to go into the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. Now, when you went to the transfer portal, were you only thinking, like, I'm only going D1? Oh yeah, yeah. You wouldn't you wouldn't have transferred to another D two program. Oh, that wouldn't make sense. Right. So there were other Division One programs looking for you. Oh yeah, yeah, it was. It was, it was. Yeah, we're not gonna name them. <laughs> but you chose Towson. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you believe what they have? They had a winning season. Yeah, they they won. They were twenty five and six, twenty five and nine, and felt like the right fit for me. And I couldn't go backwards. You know, I couldn't go from a winning program to a losing program or a mediocre program. I have to go from top to the top. So I, that's that's why I really picked Towson. Seiko, you were just the D2 National Player of the Year. Had you returned to Nova, like every award would have been yours. You would have been preseason All-American, preseason everything. Why did you decide to, 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 to go be the new guy again? Yeah, I get that <laughs> question a lot. <laughs> I thought about that a lot, but... Honestly, I felt there was nothing left to do at the Division II level. Obviously, besides winning a national championship, which is the hardest thing ever, mm-hmm. I felt like I did it all. I, I didn't won all the conference awards. I didn't won all the games. National played there. I'm like, what else is there to do, you know? Mm-hmm. Have another magical season. Hopefully win the Natty this time, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that's really what it was. I'm like, I did it all now. Let me show people that I could do it on the big stage for real, for real. I'm not going to lie. When I saw that you made that jump, son, I I was floored. And I was just so proud of you. And it speaks volumes about who you are and who you've been. You're not afraid of the next challenge. Mm -hmm. You always been about ascension. You know, you you, you started as a kid in a charter high school. And now you about to go get Division One reps. How big was that for you? Just from, you know, a standpoint of where I came from to really... Because we all talk about getting it out the mud, but some of us really live that. Yeah. Like, how big how big of a moment was that for you? Like, outside of just basketball, the fact that, yo, I really climbed the ladder. Yeah, like, I tell myself that every day. Like, I, I really got out the mud. It started from the bottom, you know, and just worked my way up. All work, no gimmicks. Just did it all, you know, just worked hard. Kept my head down, even when things weren't going right. Had a whole year off from COVID. Mm-hmm. You know, people start doubting you. Oh, you know, it's just it's just work. 
You know, Smoke always tells me you're not that same young kid from Brownsville who's not good at basketball anymore. Mm -hmm. You're somebody, you know, and that, that really sticks with me. Because I be sometimes I, I, I forget that, you know. I'm like, <laughs> oh, like, why me, you know? Yeah. I got a college degree now. I'm about to get my master's. And I'm playing basketball. You can't beat it, yeah. you know. Yeah. Son, it, the glow up, as they would say. You talk about this, being discounted. You know, your path was not, you weren't always the highly touted individual. Mm hmm Tell me about a time you thought you perhaps was most overlooked. And, you know, it's not always people hated on you. Sometimes people just can't see the potential. Give me a time when you thought, like, yo, you was really flying under the radar. People really wasn't recognizing. Um, probably my senior year of high school because mm -hmm. I, was, I was doing a lot of numbers. You know, we were winning all these games. And schools weren't rolling in, yeah. you know. As I see some people just school getting left and right, left and right offers. I'm like, I'm killing. <laughs> Why am I not getting all these offers? That's really when I thought I was getting overlooked. But you know, I didn't let it get to me. I just kept working and to show people wherever I'm at, I'm, I'm gonna do it. What do you say to the youngsters? Because you and I both know some who are in the neighborhood, and because the Division One coaches are knocking, they don't want to play college basketball at all. They think D2 is below them. They D3 is below them. What do you say to individuals like that? Um, I say go to where you want it. You know, that's what everybody says, but I really – I'm the proof is in the pudding. Go where you want it. You're going to end up, you know, just go – wherever you go, just go crazy. Put your work in. Keep your head down. Keep working. Don't listen to the outside noise. I know you see some of your friends going Division One. It don't matter. Just kill. Be a D2 All-American. Move up if you can, if you want to. If not, yeah. go get paid. You uh, Do you pay attention to, like, D2 athletes that have made it to, like, the NBA and stuff? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you yeah, tracking yeah, all of them? I'm like, if if they could do it, why not me? Especially yeah. now, I'm like, oh, yeah. I Who's, gotta who are some of the names? Um, Obviously, some of the older guys, like, I think, what was it, Ben Gordon? Ben Gordon. Ben Gordon just went to the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Charles Oakley. Yeah, Charles Oakley. Anthony Mason. New Ball went to Bridgeport. Who? My new ball. Oh, wow, wow, yeah. wow. We got one in the NBA right now, Derek White. Derek White. He he was D2. Mm -hmm. Then he went D1 to Colorado. And now he is in the league. Yep. And that's one thing I, I wanted people to understand. Like, your ride, it says a lot about who you are as a basketball player, for sure. But it says even more about who you are as a man. The work ethic is phenomenal, Seiko. That's why you're everybody's favorite, and, and you should be proud of that. You know what I'm saying? Even if you don't bounce the basketball ever again, you should be proud of everything that you uh, have accomplished. You know what I'm saying? It makes me wonder about your family life, man. What, what, what was your family life growing up? Who was in the house with you? Um, My mom, my brother, and my sister. Okay. Yeah. Was, uh, and mom is from where? Guinea, West Africa. West Africa. Mm-hmm. What she think when you first came in the house with all this basketball stuff? Um, she don't really know too much about <laughs> it, so she's just like, "Oh yeah, my next Michael Jordan, yeah, yeah." So I'm like, "Yeah, that's pretty much what it is." She understood what it meant when you got that free scholarship, though, huh? Yeah, facts. What would what, you say when you said, "Ma, this basketball stuff is about to take me to college"? She like, "Keep going. Hopefully, you go to the NBA." You now she keep pushing that thought in me. Has she been able to watch you at all? Yeah, she has. She actually flew down for the conference championship game in Florida. She came to watch that. Oh, what was that experience like for her? Yeah, it was fun. It was the first time in Florida and first time seeing me play in a little while. 
Yeah, I got her a championship. That's crazy, son. What was that like for you knowing mom is right here? Um, felt good, you know, <laughs> you know, because th- she, she sees all the trophies and stuff, but now she really see it for real, what's going on. That's amazing. Um, not only you, but your brother played college basketball. Mm-hmm. He played at SUNY Brockport. Shout out to Malik. Yeah. Um, you said you graduated. What what did you study? Sports management. Sports management. So you got you a bachelor's degree from Nova yep. Southeastern. Was mom able to make it a graduation? Yeah, she came to graduation. How was that day for you? Um, that that was it was a good day. I would it wasn't as crazy as I thought it would be, mostly because I knew I had another year of basketball. Mm-hmm. So it didn't feel like the end to me. So I guess I didn't really soak it up as much as I should have. It just it felt like another day to me. How did you balance the both? Because nowadays it feels like Student athletes treat the books as an inconvenience. Yeah. They just hear the hoop. How did you balance it all? Um, I used to think like that too. My first couple of years until Stop. No, I, yeah. No, no, no. Obviously I'm smart and I, I do what I gotta do. But like as I get older, I'm like, do I I don't really wanna do all this, but I do it anyway, you know? And now I like now getting older, I'm like I'm gonna have to use this, so I'm like, let me really lock in. Especially now, I'm about to get this master's. I'm like, let me, let me really take advantage of getting a free master's degree. Was there any time that you struggled with balancing the books and the ball? Not really. I, I never really struggled with it. It was always a, a hassle though, because you know you don't really want to do it. You know, you got basketball and stuff, but you gotta, you gotta grind it out. Walk me through one of those days as a scholarship athlete. Mm-hmm. Like one of those busy days, like when you really got you got road trip, you got books, you got practice. Walk me through one of those days. Um, a Wednesday, Wednesday night, you got a game up in Tampa, four hours away, mm-hmm. four hours away. You go to the, you got class on Thursday at nine a.m. Go to Tampa in a bus, four hours away. Play the game. Game finished at like ten o'clock. You guys go out to eat. Finish at like eleven. Hit the road. Tire on the on the bus breaks, it pops. So now we wait for an hour for someone to come. No one comes. So now we sitting on the side of the road three hours for the for the guy to come. Finally come, drop four hours, get back to school. It's eight o'clock, brightest day. You didn't sleep. You gotta go to class. Gotta go to class. That's the life regular of, day. That's the life of a student <laughs> athlete. That's the life of a student athlete, man. That's dope. That's dope. Uh, name, image, and likeness. This is a new aspect to the college sports arena. You know, they said they got to pay these college athletes. They came up with the NIL rule. Mm. Have you been able to take advantage of that at all? Um, not yet, but I'm I'm looking into it. I'm working on it. There's a couple of local spots by my school that, that are giving NILs out. But most of them are like giving you free food and stuff. I'm trying to find the ones that's giving them funds. A little bag, yeah. man. My man need gas money. Yeah. He needs to, yo, <laughs> take care of my dude, man. Uh, we, might, yeah. we might have to put together a WBH radio NIL package or might something. Might have to. <laughs> Tell me about the first day you got to Towson. Hmm. You transferred out of NSU. Um, well, first tell me about when you first notified Towson that you would be accepting their offer, you would be joining their school. Um, I think I did it the day after my visit. Or the, yeah, I think, yeah, after we came back from dinner. Hold on. So you put your name in the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. And schools contact you? Yeah, yeah, yeah a bunch. This, this is via email? Every, Everything. Twitter, phone, they got, they got my number somehow. Just, 
it was I was getting flooded with calls. So what was the first contact from Towson? The first contact from Towson, probably like a couple days in, one of the assistants hit me up. What did you know about the school prior to them reaching out to you? I didn't know much. I didn't know much. But I did my due diligence, looked them up, see what they did, and you know. So you said, "All right, I'm I'm interested." They schedule a visit. Um, we didn't we didn't get it wasn't that quick. They they reached out and then we just texting for a little bit, and then like a week later, no, not even probably like two weeks later. Actually, the week I put my name in portal, the week after was a dead period, so I couldn't even visit anywhere. Mm-hmm. So then two weeks later after that, then we scheduled a visit for like a week after that. So it took a little while to get that visit, but then I finally visited. I loved it. So and you show up. Mm-hmm. Coaches meet you. Yep. They got a sign with your name on it or something? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then we go to the hotel. Then we go out to eat, come back, sleep next day, see the campus, see everything. I hooped with them a little bit. Where? Yeah. How'd it go? It, it went really well. Yeah, it went really well. I was I was hooping. You was getting busy? Yeah, yeah I was hooping. At the D1 level? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so go ahead. What are you looking for on this visit? Like um I'm you know, seeing if I like it, you yeah. know, that's that's pretty much all it is. Cause when you're in a portal, there's not much that you haven't heard already. You know, everybody's literally it's like like clockwork. They're saying, Oh, we love your game, you'll do this, you'll do that. Like everybody's saying the same thing. It's just who do you believe the most and who has the the history to back it up, you know? Because everybody could tell you whatever they, they have planned for you or we're going to send you to have to. No, but you just got to see who's telling the truth or not, who really believes in you enough to turn you into a pro. A lot of times with youngsters, I think they love to be recruited, mm-hmm. but they don't even really know what they want. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I wasn't like that. My first time in the portal, yeah, it was cool. I was like, oh my God, all these schools hit me up. But the second time around, I was like, all right, let's 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 get it over with. Mm-hmm. It was like, all right, I've heard it all. You wanted a winning program? Mm-hmm. Towson was what, four hours from New York? Three, three and a half. How big was that for you? Yeah, it was that made it yeah, I was like, oh, it's right there too. And we played a couple schools in New York. Who are you playing this year? Hofstra and Stony Brook. Oh, I'm I'm there. And you wanted a program that could help turn you into a pro. Yeah. And you felt Towson was it. Yeah. So the assistants are taking you around. When's the first time you met the head coach? Um, as soon as I as soon as I got there, after I went to the hotel, we went out to eat right after that. What did he say? He was like, "Good meeting you." He's um a lot of people know him around here, Coach Scary. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he recruited Smoke too when Smoke was younger. Uh-huh. Smoke knows him well too, and a lot of people around here spoke nothing but good about him. So. That played a role in it too. Was there any one thing in particular that sealed the deal for you? Um, he seemed genuine, you know. And Smoke told me about his history. And Delroy James, who went to Rhode Island, played for him too, and he told me he's a good dude, you know. So I took their word and took what I saw and went there. There, there you go. So after the trip, you load, you notified them. Yeah, I'm coming. I called, I called Smoke and Vern first, and then. I told them, trying. I, I asked them for their opinion on everything while I was in the portal. Mm-hmm. Then they told me, let's do it. I'm like, all right, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it, man. D1, D1. Um, so then you, you spent, like, the summer working out there? Yeah, I was there since May 31st, like, straight. May th- I probably came back two weekends. So for the past two and a half months, I've been there. 
working out. We've been having practice every day, lift every day. What are your new teammates like? Tell me about the first time you you kind of showed up as not a recruit, but as a Towson Tiger. Um, the, the second day I got there, we had like a team lift, and I met everybody again. From that, I met them first on my visit. Then I met them again. I'm like, yeah, cool guys, you know. On the visit, what was that that uh, that pickup game like? Because they want to show you a good time, but they also ball players. They also trying to compete. They also trying to see if you tough enough. Who was this D two player of the year? Yeah. Like, what was that dynamic like on the court? Um, it was real competitive. It was definitely wasn't just a little play around pickup game. It was definitely competitive. Everybody was hooping. Everybody was going hard. You was talking that talk? Oh yeah, yeah. You know, got to. You, you hear me? No matter where you go, you gotta. You know, you got to. You got to. As long as you back it up, you good. What were the coaches? What was their reaction while they looking on? They probably just enjoying it, huh? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. See if you cut it. See if you cut it. So you show up now as as one of them. Mm-hmm. Like, what, what's that dynamic like? Um, it's good. I, I like these dudes a lot. I, I actually hang out with them a lot off the court. Mm-hmm. Then we're gonna be real good. That's good. They coming off of a the winning a season in Towson history. Yeah, regular season champs. How many of those guys or what, what guys are returning? Um. Pretty much everybody. The whole starter five is set for one. Wow. So four out of five starters and and pretty much, yeah. For you, coming from, you won damn near everything at the D2 level. National Player of the Year, Conference uh, uh, Player of the Year, Conference Championship. What would constitute a successful season for you personally at the Division One level? Um... Winning obviously, and fifteen and seven. Mm-hmm. That's 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 a good year for me. Who's Towson's rival? Delaware, maybe. Delaware, yeah, okay. Delaware. And that's what the Colonial Athletic Association. CAA? Yeah. All right, man. We want to see you on TV in March, kicking up dust. Yes, sir. Punching that ticket to uh, the dance. This is amazing, man. It is. Self-made. Got it out the mud. Got out the mud for real. Do, do you know that you are someone who has so much power and influence in the community? Like, I, I wonder, not just you, but your peers, Femi, because, like, your presence, when you walk in a room, when you walk in a park, like, you imbue life into people. They're so excited to see you. They they so excited to watch you on television, and I would just make ask you like, don't ever forget that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I would challenge all of you guys. Don't ever forget that the old heads they sit up on the box crate and they just oh there go that boy say cool and this and that. They your 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 story, your accomplishments, your work ethic has like a profound impact on all these people, old and young. You know what I'm saying? So I would challenge you to never uh, forget that. What neighborhood did you go in? You said Brownsville? Yeah. Where at? Tilden. Tilden? Okay. What was it like growing up? You said it was your mom, your sister, and your bro. What was it like for you? Um, You know, regular. It's rough, obviously. Bad neighborhood, but you adapt. A lot of, a lot of playing basketball outside, hanging out over there. So, What were some of the more tougher times? Um, um, Like... Two years ago, my best friend passed. He got killed. That was probably the toughest. Who's that? Shamal Davis. 
Tough, tough. Where were you at when when you got the news of that? Um, I was I was at home and he lived in the building next to me, and then they told me that I went downstairs and saw everybody outside. Yikes, yikes. What impact does a loss like that have on you? Um, it it fueled me. Not gonna lie, it fueled because this happened right before everything started rolling for me. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was a tough time, but I. I live. Uh, I keep his name alive as much as I can, and this is all for him. That's what's up, man. That's what's up. Because I know there are things that go on in the community. You know, you and I both know people who, you know, after basketball, things can go awry. You know, they find themselves struggling. They find themselves in trouble with the law. In fact, there was a group of people that got in trouble recently that you, a lot of people in that list that we both care about. And I wonder how that impacts you because here you are flying high with your career and then there's so many people back home that may be struggling and may not be doing well. So I always wonder, like, like how does that impact you when you're sitting in your dorm room, you got on one hand, your career is flying high, but people you care about are struggling? Um... Yeah, I think about that a lot. That really just, every time I see stuff like that, it just makes me think, like, my life could have been way different. Mm-hmm. That could have been me had I went left, not right, you know? Could have definitely been me. Mm-hmm. That's tough. That's tough for a young man, son, to see the dichotomy. You in Florida flying high, and then some people are struggling. Man, I always wonder uh, uh, how that weighs on you, man. But you guys do a great job continuing to push forward. And... Um, yeah, man, just proud of you. Thank you. Did Towson put the schedule out yet? Um, they just it's coming out on Monday, but I, we got it. I don't know who we playing. And you said we got a few games in New York. Yeah, we we got three: we, Stony Brook, Hofstra, and we play at LIU Brooklyn. Oh, that's what's up. Yeah, that's what's up, man. Get some shout outs, man, before we get out of here. Um, shout out to Coach Vern, Coach Smoke, Cooks, Femi, Buddy, everybody, Winston, Baker, you. Thanks for having me. You're the best in the world, man. We are so very proud of you. Uh, your work ethic is going to take you to the top. I asked you last year. I said, yo, you should throw your name in a draft <laughs> to make general managers evaluate you. Right? Throw your name in a draft just so they can have to see, like, yo, who is this Division II player? And then you go back, have your senior season, and dominate. Right? If there are NBA general managers watching this, what would you like them to know about Sekou Silla, the basketball player? Um, I'm a hard worker, and I'll be an asset to any team. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. All you need is one to take a shot on you. All you need is one. All you need is one to take a shot on you, Sekou. All you need is one. And when you... Don't forget about us here. I won't. Yo, we appreciate you, brother. Likewise. Sekou Silla, I'm William Holly, WBH Radio. We out.